because they have never had anything challenge their faith. But if you have never had a test of your faith, if you've never walked through a crisis in your life, then you won't know what your faith is able to produce within you. And so it is in that crisis, it is in that place that this Shudamite woman had a crisis moment in her life. And I want to read some of it here tonight. In 2 Kings 4 and starting in verse 8, and it says there, and now it happened one day that Elijah went to uh, Shunem where there was a notable woman and she uh, persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Did you see what it said? She was a good cook. Did you catch that? Because he, she came in, he came in one time and ate, and then every time he went back, he stopped there again. If it weren't no good, that's the only time he goes. But now he's stopping every time to get him some food. There are some places that are better to eat than others. Amen. Now verse nine, and she said to her husband, look now, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Verse 10, please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, <clears throat> he can turn in there, right? And so this, she perceived that this is a holy man of God. This is the first time uh, this statement is made about God's people. Uh, the faithfulness of Elisha to go to Mount Carmel, it, it so, uh, and, and be able to lead worship there, so impressed this woman uh, that showed his character. It showed her who he really was. And this woman perceived that he was a man of God. There are some people that when you see them, you recognize them, you may not know all that about them, but you can perceive that they are, in, they are Jesus lovers. They are people that are in love with God and they are living their life the best of their ability to follow after him. And she was not looking for an opportunity to criticize. She wasn't looking for an opportunity to be judgmental or to look at what was wrong or the negative part. She was looking for the good, right? She was looking for the positive. And how we need that today, we need people in the kingdom of God that can perceive the good in someone that can see that, that, that not, because it don't take a, an Einstein to be able to look and to see the faults of people, but it takes somebody that can look beyond the fault and see and perceive that this person may have trouble, this may, person may have a difficulty or a fault in their life, but they're good people. They're a good people. They, they have something. And so uh, we need people like that in the church today that are able to look beyond the fault and, and not criticize, but see that there is something good in that person. 
And so we have to find the good, not only in a person, we have to find the good in the church. We have to find the good in our community. We have to find the good in that that is around about us. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, he said, Hereby perceive we the, the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our life for our brothers, right? And this is what this woman does. She, she goes to her husband. She perceives him to be a man of God. And she says, I notice he travels this way a good bit. Why don't we put a room on our house so that he can stay here whenever he is traveling, right? They are extending, they are making room for the, the favor. They're making room, they're extending, they're making expansion for a room for this gift in God's kingdom. And so as she begins to speak to her husband about this and they begin to, to do just that, and in verse uh, 13, let's look at, read it there. It says, and he said, he said to him, say now to her, look and be concerned for us and all of the cares of what you've done for us. And do you uh, want us to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the armies? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And so he said, what then uh, can I do? be done for you and Gehazi answered accordingly and she has no son and her husband is old and so he says call her and uh, when he called her she stood at the door and then he said about this time next year you shall embrace a son and she said no my lord my man of God do not lie to me your maid servant right They go through all of this expense of expansion. And Elijah was so moved that, that he said, I want to reward her for what she is doing. I want to reward her for, for you know, going out of her way. Something you don't see a lot of is somebody going out of their way for another person. And so he said, I want to reward her for, for what she is doing, what's in her heart. How can I bless her? How can I take care of her? And he says, may I speak on the to the king about you? And uh, he, she said, no. Can I talk to the captain of a host for you? She says, no. She had no desire for prestige or power. She has no desire for what many people would, would do anything to get, but she doesn't want any of that. And, and, and so uh, Gehazi, he notices something uh, there. She, he notices there's no toys in the front yard. He notices that there's no sign of a young baby. There's no baby crib. There's, there's nothing around the house. There's no toys to fall over in the yard. There's no signs. And her husband is old. Right? In other words, it's a kind way to saying they're getting beyond the years of having children. There's no one in the family to carry on the family name. And the child uh, being, uh, the, a child was uh, not in the house to help her. It, perhaps her husband would die and there would be no one to take care of her and to tend to her. 
the rest of her life. And so her husband would soon die and she would be alone. And this time he says to her, this time next year, you shall have a man child in your arms. And she didn't want to get her hope up. She didn't want to believe. She didn't want to, 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 to accept it. You would have thought that whenever he came to her and says to her, uh, you know, this time next year, you're going to have a, a child to carry on the family name. You would have thought she would have got all kinds of excited. You would have thought that she'd have been rejoicing over this word that come to her from the man of God that she knew was a man of God, the voice of God in the earth. That's how it worked during those days. And so he was God's representative, his voice in the earth. God speaks to her and says, you're going to have a son this time next year. And she turns around and says, shut up. Don't talk to me about a child. Don't say, wait, he said, I don't want to get my hopes up again. In other words, I don't want to dream again. I've dreamed before and my dreams have been shattered. I've hoped before and it's let me down. And, and she, in so many words, to me anyway, she is saying, I've learned how to live in lack. I've learned how to live without. I've learned how to live beyond the disappointment, and I don't want to go there again. Right? If we're not careful in our lives, we can find ourselves there in this walk with God. That we can be disappointed. We can be let down. The, the word of the Lord can come. The promise of God can come. He can speak what he desires to, to be so in our life. But it doesn't happen when we think it should happen. It doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. It, it does, certainly doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. And, and we say we don't want you to ever speak that to us. Don't ever mention it anymore. Don't mention that my husband will be saved. Don't mention that my family will worship the Lord. Don't mention that healing will come to my... I, I believed that before and only led me to a place of disappointment and great letdown. Don't try to take me back there. Let me live in lack. Let me live in sickness. Let me live with my disappointment. But don't you dare stir up a desire to dream again. And I'm convinced that a lot of folks are there. You don't have to be old to quit dreaming. All you have to do is be disappointed a time or two. And you quit dreaming. Be disappointed, be let down, be overwhelmed. And in that season, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll be settling where God is wanting to work a miracle for us. And so here this woman was and she said, D don't be telling me this. I don't want to be let down. You're not going to encourage me for me to be disappointed again. And she didn't ask for him to give her this promise. She never begged. She never stood in a line and said, prophesy over me. She was in her house minding her own business. And the man of God tells Gehazi, go get her and bring her to my room.
Right? He said, hereby we have given exceeding and great the precious promises that by these you may know and be partakers of the divine nature. At times, God will reward you just for your faithfulness. Have you ever had God give you something you didn't even ask for? Maybe it was just something you really, you know, it was a desire in your heart, but you never prayed for it. You never, you never, you know, uh, believed, oh God, give me this one day. But just you're being faithful, just you're walking out, just doing what you knew to do, being obedient to God, just coming to the house of the Lord, praying and, and reading the word and worshiping God and your, your giving of your time, your talent, your treasures. And, and just because you're obedient, God gives you something you didn't even ask for. That's what happened to this woman. She didn't ask for this child. She was just minding her own business, fulfilling what was in her heart by adding on to their house and providing this room. And we could read over all of that, what would they put in the room, and all of it is symbolic. But then here comes this prophetic word that says this time next year, you're gonna have a child. And guess what happened? She had a child. Right? She has this promised child. And it's just like the man of God says. And then in verse 18, let's, chapter 4, verse 18. Everybody okay? says that you know the child's born bore a son in verse 17 and he appointed time and come in which elijah had told her and then 18 and the child grew and now it happened one day that he went out to his father to the reapers and he said to his father my head my head and so he said to his servant carry him to his mother and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on, sat on her knees till noon and then died. Right? What do you do with a promise that you didn't ask for and it comes and then it dies? What do you do when your dream is fulfilled the desire of your heart comes and then it dies. I would submit to you tonight that every vision, every dream, every purpose of God that is in your life has to go through the process of death, burial, and resurrection. Death, burial, and resurrection. The dream comes to you, the prophetic word comes from you, the prayer uh, in prayer it comes to you, through the word it comes to you, however it comes to you, and hope comes into your heart and you begin to believe God for a thing, and, and you see that word of God come to fruition, to pass, and, and then there is a death, and you can't keep it alive. 
everything that you do you can't keep it alive this dream comes but and, and it's fulfilled but you can't keep it alive you you don't have the strength you don't have the ability you don't have the talent you don't you don't have what it takes to keep it alive and and it dies they cover it up with a sheet and they put it in the tomb and they say ashes to ashes and dust to dust and and they bury it and and there comes a time in your life whenever you give up on it you say, well, that was good and it was for then, but it's not for now. And, 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 and anyways, it's already too late. It's, it's dead. It's buried. But just as Jesus came and the promise of Jesus came, he, he came, he died, he was buried, but there was a resurrection power. Amen. And so that resurrection power comes into our dreams. It comes into our passion. It comes into what God has put into our heart in times of prayer and seasons of reading his word. And we begin to believe him for it and we see it come into fruition. But God says, I just want you to know this isn't of your might or your power, but this is my spirit. This is my word. This is my promise. This is what I desire for your life. And so I just want you to know that it's not here because of something you have done, but it's because of what I have done for you. And so he comes, she comes in and looks and says, this child, this promise is now dead in her lap. Right? Dead in her lap. He fell sick and he died in her lap. Now, what do you do with it when it dies? We're not immune to trouble. The servant is not greater than his master. And Jesus had trouble in his life. I know this modern day religion and modern day church, they want to take all the process out of it. But I promise you, if you preach it or if you don't, there will be a process in life. You will go through the processes, amen, of, of the promise. You can't just get the promise and then have the, pro and without the process. You get the promise, but you go through the process before you see the fulfillment of the word of God. It is the David that was promised to be king, but he was sent out to take care of stinking sheep. It was in the backside of the desert that he went through the process so that whenever he went through training for reigning so that when he took the kingship that he could sit in the king's throne with authority and with power. And so it is with you and I that God will give us the promise and then the problem will come and in the backside of the desert in his goodness, his grace, his mercy, he'll let us go through the process on the backside of the desert where we're not on the forefront, where that everybody can't see us when we falter, when we make mistakes, when we dis are disappointed, when we're let down. God covers us with his grace in that season while we're dealing with our problems. Very few of us are ever braced for the problem. Problems slip up on us. This woman wasn't expecting her son to die. I mean, she, she turned him loose like every other day. Run out there and, 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 and be there with your father. Be out there in the field and, 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 and enjoy the day with the rest of the workers and the laborers there. Right? 
And we look and we see that as he does this, just as an, uh, seemingly to me, just like every other ordinary day, he has what most believe was a heat stroke, right? He has this heat stroke and he dies from the stroke. But then she has her procedure. She went to the right place. What do you do whenever your dream dies? What do you do whenever the word of the Lord is in your lap and it dies? It's interesting to me, she did not go to her husband. She did not go to the psychic. She did not call for 911 ambulance, right? If you will, please. But she instantly, automatically, takes her little boy back to the place that this dream, this vision began. Sometimes in our life, whenever we have dreams and visions that are dead in our life, we have to go back to where the dream started, where the word of the Lord marinated and begin to work in our life begin to speak into our life and we go back to that place and in that very place she, she she takes the promise of god back to where the promise started right and she puts him on the bed of the man of god and 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 if you want healing you have to go to where healing is if you want if you want Revival, you've got to go where a reviving place is. If you want blessing, you've got to go where the place of, of that people believe in blessing. Right? And she knew where the miracles happened. She knew where that this place that she had added on to her home was a place where that God would speak to the man of God. That he would speak to him in prayer. He would speak to him in times of devotion and reading of the word. And so she takes him back to the place. And then as she takes him back to the place and shuts the door. <laughs> shuts the door. And leaves her dead promise laying on the bed. Right? This is a strong woman. She goes and starts going toward Gehazi or, or went going to the man of God. But she goes and tells her husband, says, get me a donkey. I think I'd have asked for a horse. But she said, get me a donkey and take me, get me a young man to go with me. And, and she don't even tell him what's happened to the boy. He said, is everything all right? He said, why are you going? It's not the new moon. It's not the time of sacrifice. In other words, why are you going to the man of God? And she said, it is well. Right? It is well. She goes, you know the story, he, she goes and starts going toward the man of God and, and the man of God sees her afar off and he says, that's the Shunammite woman. He said to Gehazi, he said, go uh, get her. And, but, but she was not going, she wasn't satisfied with Gehazi. She hadn't started her journey to talk to Gehazi. <laughs> 
She started her journey to talk to the man of God that put this word over her life and spoke this thing into her life. She said, I'm not about to stop here and have a conversation with Gehazi. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to the voice of God. I want to talk to the man of God that started this thing in the first place because now what you started is dead and you're going to have to do something about it. Amen. And so she, she perceived that Elijah was a man of God and she could also perceive that Gehazi was a crook. <laughs> and she said, I'm not worried about Gehazi. And then the man of God says to Gehazi, he said, take my staff and run ahead and put it on the boy's head. And I can see the Shunammite woman saying, well, he can do whatever he wants to and, you, and don't expect me to go with him. Right? Because he said, I didn't come here to get Gehazi. I came here to get you. And she, in, in other words, what she says is, I'm staying here with you. Right? Because you're the one that needs to, to come back over here to the little house and the room that I put on for you. And you remember the word of the Lord that comes? I, I need to know what God's saying now. Because if God promised me this then, what's he wanting me to do with the now? Because what he promised and was faithful to bring into my life is now dead. Then this cannot be the end. And, and, and man of God, I need to know what to do with my dead promise. I need to know because I know this isn't the end. God is not finished with it because he hasn't given me a child to raise up and to die in his adolescence. He, he gave me a promise to, to see the fulfillment of the promise of God not over just a few days or weeks or years but he has given me a heritage that another generation will know the good. I've got to know what to do with my death promise and so Gehazi runs ahead like with his staff of the man of God puts it on the boy just like he says to do Gehazi runs back and meets him somewhere in the journey and says I did what you said to do but the boy's dead right the boy's dead Never settle for less than the best. Whenever you have a situation such as this and your vision dies, your dream dies, the thing is in your life, there's going to be somebody that's going to come and try to be the voice of God and say, well, bless your heart. You did the best that you could. Right? It must just not been God's will for that to happen. And, and somewhere, I don't know how it got all mixed up, but it, it, it just got mixed up. And somebody says, oh, you know, you, you need to celebrate the time that you have this little child with you. Right? <clears throat> but that's not, the, that's not what God said. God said, I'm going to give you the desire of your heart, woman. I'm a, you, you dare to dream again. You dare to believe again. And I'm going to do what you've been wanting done all of your life. 
And what she wanted done all of her life was not to raise a child to adolescence to see him drop dead. It was to raise up another generation so they would know the goodness of God. Amen. And so she, she perceived that Elijah was a man of God. She perceived that Gehazi was a crook. And she never settled for less than the best. God said you don't have to, to make an appointment. You just have to be faithful in what you know to do. You don't have to, to have to go to the priest. Some people go to the priest. Other people are going here and they're going there. But he said, I just need you to be where I've told you to be. Be faithful in what I've told you to do. And you and I can have a relationship. Huh? And I can speak into your life. And then she has the right. She never settles for less than the best. And she always has this right proclamation how many of us could have that kind of proclamation to be able to have this kind of declaration a proclamation you have to really know God you have to really have a real relationship with God because here that she comes and and the man of God says to her he says is it well with you is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? And she declares, it is well. Her promise is laying over there dead on the bed. And she declares, it is well. Wow. We'll give up at the least little hint of a problem. We give up at the least little hint of difficulty or circumstances arise or, or we get a negative report and, and, and we have a Maalox moment. We act like we've never heard any scripture. We act like we have no faith, right? And the difficulty comes and I know that it's real. I understand that it's real. But we cannot be swayed by the, the, the voices that are in the earth. We cannot be swayed by what we hear here and we hear over there. We've got to hear the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord has declared. And she says, it is well. Amen. And I'm telling you tonight that we have to have that proclamation over our life. Somebody who is, who's, who said, I've give up on dreaming, give up on believing, give up on everything else. And, and I'm just going to live my life. But I want to say tonight that you need to dream again. You need to believe God again. You need to say, God, you are my strength and my help and an ever-present help in the time of need. And I'm going to trust you. You gave me a dream a long time ago. And I'm going to dare to start dreaming again. I'm going to dare to start having faith again. I'm going to dare, dare to start speaking in confidence and with boldness again. I'm going to declare the decree the Lord has spoken unto me. And I'm going to believe the report of the Lord that it will not only become to pass but it will live amen it will live and she says it is well right it is well the child's not breathing but it is well right 
The child's really dead, but it's not. But it is well. She has a confidence in her, hope in her, and she goes and gets the man of God. The man of God comes back to the place that he spoke the word. Notice that 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 the man of God, Elijah, didn't go to her house. He sent Gehazi to bring him her to that room. That place that she added on, that, that place, that space that she made for the gift, for the anointing, right? And standing in the doorway that she created a vacuum, a space for the gift of God to dwell in her house was where that word was released, that promise came to pass, the dream came alive again. And now she takes her baby boy, that promise, and puts him over there on the bed and now goes and gets that man of God and brings him back, says, no, 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 Gehazi ain't going to do. Gehazi ain't getting it, right? You can send him with that staff or do whatever you want to, but you coming up over there to the house and we're going to do something about this dead promise, right? Because I need to know the next thing to do. Have you ever been there when you've done everything you knew to do and you needed to know now what to do? What to do now? What In this moment, what do I do now, God? You didn't lead me here to quit talking to me. You didn't lead me to this place to shut your mouth and not, you, you, you are a faithful God, but I need to hear you now. I need to know what to do next. And the man of God goes in there and you know the story. You can read it if you don't know it. But he goes and he, and he shuts the door behind him and he lays down and he puts his mouth on the baby's mouth or the child's mouth. It speaks to me that he gets in relationship and he, he breathes into him or speaks into him so they're saying the same thing. He takes and he puts his hands on the child's hands so that he is able to feel the same thing. And he goes and he, the Bible says that his body warms, but he's not alive. And the man of God is pacing in that room where he had heard the word of the Lord come and he was waiting on the next word and he does it again. And when he does it this time, he, the child sneezes seven times. And you could preach a whole lot of things right there, but I'm not going to do it tonight. But the reality of it is this, that, that, that the word of the Lord had come many years ago, whatever, however old this child was, the word, the promise had come. The woman dared to believe the promise. The promise dies, but that isn't the will of God. That isn't what God has for this child or for this woman. And we've got to be careful to allow the devil to let us believe that this is all God has for us. Well, the devil is a liar. God has wants you to be blessed abundantly. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He, he called you to be victorious in every circumstance, in every situation of your life. And if that is not where you're living, then you're not finished. Amen. You've heard me say it many times. I always win and I never lose. And so if it looks like I'm losing right now, just keep on watching because the, that my days are not ending here. 
here. I'm just going through a process and through a circumstance. I'm going through a low place. But the word of the Lord is still over your life. And he is going to cause resurrection power. You see, the enemy wanted to send Gehazi to just be a respirator. But this woman didn't want a respirator. She wanted a resurrection. And I'm telling you tonight, God isn't going to put you on a respirator to try to hold you and just let you limp through life. He wants you to have resurrection power on the inside of you that when you come up against the dead thing, you say, greater is he that is in me than all of this hell that I'm going through. We need to work on our proclamation. Power of life and death is in the tongue. Right? She didn't say my boy is dead. She didn't say my dream is dead. She didn't say I'm disappointed. She said it is well. Well, pastor, I just don't, I just can't do those kind of things. I don't, I, I, I'm just, that would be lying. No, that's the proclamation. That's the declaration. We're not ignorant. We don't, we, we don't speak things that are as though they're not. We speak those things that are not as though they are. Amen. In other words, we don't deny the facts. We just deny the facts to remain the way they are. Because Why? Because I've got the word of the Lord over my life. I've got the promise of God with me. Amen. And so I've got to overcome and I'm going, the only way I'm going to overcome is to have a declaration, a proclamation that declares what God said to me. Right? And I'm not going to change it because of the circumstances. Because before these, this was the circumstance, I believed. Huh? Before this thing happened, I believed. I trusted God. I trusted his word. So why should I quit trusting and believing? Because the circumstance changed. It is well. <laughs> it is well. The Bible says that she believed the prophet, the man of God goes in the room. He lays on the child. The child starts sneezing. He gets up and he says, go get the mama. Go get the woman. She comes back and she sees her son standing there. And the Bible says that she in verse 37, she began to worship. She fell down on her knees and began to worship. Amen. She was thanking God that not only was the dream birthed, not only did it die, but it was resurrected. Huh? And she praised God for it. Amen. Sometimes that's the part we forget, isn't it? We pray a long time. We believe for a long time, but then whenever it happens, we, we just pass it by and forget to thank God. Well, let me submit to you tonight that we should never pray a second longer than we're willing to praise when it happens. 
If we're willing to pray an hour, let's praise him an hour. If we're willing to pray days, then let's praise him for days. And thank him that the answer has come. There's many things about tomorrow that I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. And so I can go into my tomorrow knowing that my Redeemer lives. Amen. The God that gave me the promise, the God that spoke the word. Is the same God that not only brings it to pass, but gives life to what he promised. Amen. I just come to tell somebody tonight it's time for you to dream again. Time for you to dream again. I know you're hurt. I know it's pain. I know it's difficulty. But it's time to dream again. Believe God again. Take him at his word. And say, God, I've been disappointed. I've been hurt. I've been through the death, burial, and resurrection. But I'm going to believe you. That the word that you've spoken over my life, you're able and faithful to not only bring it to life, but to resurrect it and cause it to come to completion. Amen. Praise God.